everybody. GBC Podcast number 17. I'm Courtney Weiss. I'm Shane Blankenship. Can you believe we've been doing this for 17 episodes? It feels longer than that, actually. actually Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Today, we are calling this episode, Words Aren't Matter. That's right. Words aren't matter. Not that words don't matter, but words aren't matter. Yeah. So why are we calling it that? Um, because you can't hold a word in your hand. Yeah, it's not physical. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to try to make it not emotional. Yep. You know, like just something that you can carry around with you. Um, Shane, I told you this earlier, but I've been reading this book called The Garden, and the way that he explains it is like a brain surgeon has never opened up someone's head and had to operate on somebody's brain and found a physical word inside their brain. And that was kind of like profound for me because I was like, <gasps> Yeah, like you can't, they're not physical, you can't yep. touch them. Yeah, I, and I think it speaks to the, um, like to the spiritual aspect of us, or yeah. the soul aspect of us, um, that it's very real, and it's something that, you know, the the, the atheist or the, or the, the, you know, the unbelieving scientist, if you will, like, you know, someone who's wanting to try to prove that God doesn't exist because, um, you know, through science or through matter or whatever, and, you know, I believe in science. I'm, I, you know, I think sure. God proves all kinds of things through science. But um, to say that, it, you know, it has to, it has to, you know, come, it has to take physical form or it has to take, um, you, you know, there's going to be some biological or chemical um, aspect to it for it to, to exist or, you know, to prove that it exists. Well, then that's not, like, what do you do about your thoughts? What do you do about your feelings? You can't, nobody, you can't hold your feelings in your hand. You can't, yeah. you know, you can't hold a word in your hand. You know, we can write a word out and then have a, you know, there's words on a page, mm-hmm. obviously, yes. Um, but, like, what we're speaking in your head, just like the author describes, like, you can't, can't put your hands on that. Well, it gives a little bit more merit, I guess, to like the idea of spiritual, no, I said idea, of spiritual warfare, because if words aren't physical, then they are spiritual, and who are they from, God or Satan? Right. Yeah. So in our studies this week, we have both been called to the same scripture, which yeah. I think is really cool. That's we weren't really even cool. talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um it's Romans six eleven through 14. Uh, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil or to serve sin, which I'm sure you're going to say it way better. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read um, a little bit more of it because this is something that I was drawn to and reminded of um, on, on Monday and um, just started making this a part of my, my, my morning prayer, my first, my, you know, my first moments with God. So here, here's the, the passage. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal body so that you will obey its evil desires. Do not offer these parts of your body to sin as instruments or as weapons of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves um, to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments or weapons of righteousness. So it's almost like we got a choice, you know, it's that we have a choice of whether we're going to offer ourselves to um, tearing people down um, as being a, 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 a weapon of wickedness, if you will, or um, we're going to offer our life to being a weapon for good, a weapon for, for, for righteousness um, in the world. Well, and what it made me think of when I was praying this week is like, you know, we have these um, gifts that God gives us. And one of those is like the gift of speech. Like mm-hmm. we could live in a world where communication is not a thing, but instead God gave us, you know, the ability to formulate words so that we could communicate with others and we could use that as such a powerful tool. 
and especially you know right now with social media and emails and um, just how um, how communication has like exponentially grown mm -hmm. you know like the the ability to impact a large portion of people is different than it was like 10 years ago and if God gave us like our tongue you know like something that we can really used to be positive then we should try to be positive but that's also not to say that we don't ignore the negativity like let's just say surrounding the election because mm -hmm. everybody is yep. acting crazy about that right yep. um but i don't think it means that we have to um like bash people yep. or use it well for a weapon of wickedness yeah i mean that's the perfect way to put it yeah that's uh, yeah, yeah i think you're exactly right especially you know i think the the election right now is a great place to um, to talk about because people are talking about it, um, and everybody's got an opinion. And again, social media—I mean, we're we're streaming live on social media right now, so social media gives everybody a platform. Um, and for those who belong to God, those who follow Christ, um, I, th I think it's important to remember and to know that um, you're responsible for what you say. Like we we. We have an incredible privilege of living in the United States of America where we have the freedom of speech, mm -hmm. right? So people are like, well, I can say whatever I want. I'm free to say whatever I want. And that's exactly right. Even as a follower of Christ, you are absolutely right. Um, but you are also responsible for everything that you say. And I think we forget about the part that we're held accountable. Yeah. You know, that we will be held to an account for what we say and what we do. And, and, and I think, unfortunately, for a lot of followers of Christ, um, we want to excuse our own behavior and excuse how we use our words, our language, um, especially when we're doing it as weapons is, well, we're, there's grace. You know, we're forgiven. Um, and Paul spends most of Romans talking about that, that, um, that. No, that's that's not right at all. And that's that's not the way of Christ. That's not the way we've been called to live. So. Well, I think that also social media can sometimes be a form of like venting. Mm -hmm. And I'm not like judging when I say that because your tr yours truly has done that too. Sure. But I think Involved. if we can think about the words that we're putting out there as something spiritual, like are we contributing to the spiritual warfare on one side or the other? And that might stop us in our tracks the next time we want to post or say something that we really maybe shouldn't be saying yeah well i mean if you're tearing people down with words i don't i don't care if it's if you're right or wrong um it doesn't matter like if you were using words to tear people down then you are in violation of the very life that you've been called to in christ jesus um yeah i mean so if you consider that person an enemy or they're on the opposite side of the aisle and you want to lash out them um, and stand on the claim that you got every right to do so, and you know somebody's got to speak the truth. Well, you better be sure that you're speaking truth. Um, um, first of all, like that you really are right. It's not just your opinion. But second of all, what about praying for them? Because mm -hmm. Jesus says you ought to pray for those who you consider are your enemies. You ought to pray for your opponents. You ought to you ought to you ought to do good to them. There's there's a better um, there's a better thing. Do good to them and don't harm them. Jesus said that. So. Yikes. Use your words to do good to them. Or don't say anything at all. And, like, pray for yourself. Like, you, he just sort of challenged me for the next week to pray the Lord's Prayer, which the part that he specifically asked me to pray was deliver me from evil. Like, the very first thing in the morning, because someone else last week was also saying, like, just Satan, get behind me. And I think praying for ourselves when we are confronted with a situation that we're able to handle it in the way that Jesus would want us to handle it and to use our words to benefit his kingdom and not the other way around. Yeah, and, and, and I think part of that prayer piece um, as well is 
um, is that we, we, we start our days with God. And yeah. here at Greenwood, that's, that was something that, um, I was really pushing, and I say pushing through, through, through the messages on Sunday mornings and leading our congregation to, and start your day with God, spend time with God, make time for Him, be with Him. Um, because that, that first and foremost, I mean, that changes everything. But to be able to hand that over to Him, and, um, you know, and the, the, the way Jesus taught us how to pray, that's a great, that's a great place to start. And, um, and just recognizing who He is, um, and that he is our provider, he's our protector, um, all of those things. Um, and then, of course, I'm adding Romans 6 to it, um, just because I thought that was a great idea. Um, and just thinking about that whole idea that every day we're offering our life, our words, our actions to something or someone. Yeah, it's, it's this or this. And you know. we become either a weapon for good or a weapon for um for wickedness, and I don't want to. I don't want to be a weapon for wickedness. Yeah, no, I don't either. But I don't think that. I think that sometimes in the moment. So I think that's the challenge: is to use, you know, to try to think about that in the moment when you really want to lash out, um, and even to people you love. You know, we're talking about enemies. So how often do we <laughs> sure. just lash out? Um, Those are the easiest. Yeah, and you know something else that I brought up to you that I'd like to bring up to you too is sometimes in the moment when I am lashing out because I do do those things sometimes, um, I should also think that God created that person for me. You Mm -hmm. know, like my husband. Like if I'm lashing out at Kyle, like I should start to first and foremost be like, you know, he's not so bad. Kyle created him (laughs) for me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's he's my husband. I should be thankful. That God, you know, he, he's just as beautiful as a human as the next person. You yeah. know, same thing with, like, having a difficult child that's, like, always trying to question you and stuff. You're like, no, 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 God created this person, you know, for me. That's how yeah. I should think about that, yeah, right? Absolutely. Being and, thankful for them. And the whole, uh, this is something we talked about before as well, you know, that kingdom-minded perspective. Yes. And that God is at work in all things. And so one of the things that we, I think we probably even talked about before, I, I certainly say it often, is that, um, you know, nothing happens. Nothing comes into our lives, goes out of our lives, that we're not a part of some experience that has not passed through God's hands. He's yes. either allowed it or he's anointed it, appointed it, you know, sent it. Like, it's passing through his hands. So if that's the case, then, yeah, people in our lives, our, our, our spouses, our children, um, um, people we, like, we don't like, the people we work with, like, all of that is happening. And God is aware of it, allowing it or, you know, sending it, appointing it. Uh, you know, God's at work in all of it. <laughs> You actually just brought this whole thing full circle by talking about God has appointed it and speaking of the election and using our words for good and not for wickedness. Um, you know, God also has already appointed the president, whether we like mm-hmm. it or not, yeah. you know, the next president, you know, whether it, whoever it is, yeah. um, that it went through God's hands first and we just have to be okay with it. Yep. And I think for perspective. And I, 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 you know, maybe I'm preaching to the choir and maybe this will pass people right through people's heads, go in one ear and right out the other. Um, but this is the absolute truth. Mm-hmm. That was written in a context. So, so Paul is the one who, who, who talks about, um, of course, it's actually written in Daniel as well. It's in the Old Testament as well. But Paul says that God is appointing the rulers over nations. He is he is establishing the sovereignties, the kingdoms of this world, the, 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 you know, the authorities of the world, and he is appointing, not allowing, appointing the rulers of those. So whether they're king, president, prime minister, whatever it may be. If that's, if that's true, if we, if we really do believe that, then we, then we gotta hold on to what God is calling us to, um, in that, and, and not become afraid or not, 
um, allowing ourselves to get worked up about what we disagree with and, and then using our own weapons, our own words, our own lives as a, as a, or our own, our own words as weapons, our own lives as weapons to come against them and try to destroy them. Like, n- no, if God's appointing them, then we just need to trust God in that. And sorry, I got away from this, but here's, here's, here's the, the, the point of when it was written. That was being written when, when Caesars ruled the world Ooh. from Rome. Yeah. Who were killing Christians. Right. Who were killed, like, Paul is going to be put to death by the very person that he says God appointed. Mm-hmm. And so you don't see him lash out, and neither do you see Jesus. You show me where Jesus lashes out against Rome. He doesn't. He's like, don't vote for Caesar. Right? <laughs> yeah. He's not saying that. Not at all. Well, I think what happens, Shane, is that we forget to believe. In that moment, when yeah. we are talking about something that Trump said, or something that Biden said, and the, you know, whatever, we get caught up in it, and we forget really who's in charge. Yeah. That's really what happens. And so I, th- I think it's always in the moment. I think we have to try to always narrow that um, time between, like, you know, reaction time and thinking time and always just be like, God, you know, what you, you always say, it goes through God's hands first. But in the moment, man, you get into a heated conversation with someone about something and you forget who's in charge. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, you talking about that, you get into a heated um, conversation with someone. I think it's important for all of us who belong to God, again, who, who follow Jesus to maintain that perspective of what we're called to and the life that we've been called to and even what that means um, with the people in our lives. Are are you willing to say something, do something that's going to destroy your influence with that person? Because your influence with the person um, is your opportunity to lead them to God, to bring them to God, to show them Christ Jesus with your life. And you say that, and I feel like a coward. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes, (laughs) you know, know, I know I'm not the only one. You're like, I didn't do the right, I didn't do the thing that I should have done. I didn't speak up like I should have or, you know, whatever. And then you're like, I'm just because I was afraid of the consequence. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. I think we have to lift, use our words to lift each other up so that we're not the cowardly person. And we just, we, we continue to do what is right. Mm-hmm. Well, and also I think, um, and, and I don't think this should be an excuse, but at the same time, you know, when we're thinking about those opportunities, you know, I don't know if there's a specific thing that we got to say. Like, I'm yeah. not talking about, hey, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Could I lead you in the Lord's Prayer right now or whatever? Like, I think that's that's weird sometimes. Like, yes. um, God has called us to be strangers in the world, but not strange. <laughs> and you, you know, we're strangers, like but we're buzzword. not. Exactly. So let's, you know, not necessarily that, but God can use anything. Um, and if you have the right intention behind that, and if you're keeping that, that perspective, that worldview, if you will, um, God knows our heart. I think God can use that. Well, I think this is a good time to close up with this scripture, don't you think? Absolutely. Um, I hate to read such a long scripture. Hopefully, you know, you'll get it. But it's James 3. Take um, but the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. Mm. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Mm. That's good. Okay, so again, that's James 3. I know that was long, but maybe you ponder over that after um, this message and then think about the weapons of wickedness and um, how you can turn that around and for it to be like a weapon to defend the kingdom and to further the kingdom. Yeah, absolutely.